Hi, I'm Sarah Odenthal, and I use the pronouns she, they. And I'm Alex Donaldson. I use the pronouns she, her. We are pros, peers reaching out with Curry Health Center's wellness office. We're here today to talk to you about why New Year's resolutions aren't actually the best method to change behavior and what you could try instead. We're going to explore some listeners' thoughts on how they handle self-compassion, lean into growth, and what areas they thrive in their routine. We've also got health coach Danae Duran here to talk to us about some evidence-based strategies for behavior change. So before we get started, I just wanted to ask Sarah, what's been bringing you joy lately? I love this question. So I've been getting a lot of joy from my little pup, Frankie. He is only four months old and is just growing up so fast. And he just reminds me that things change and he just runs around the house like a little clown. So that's been bringing me a lot of joy. What about you, Alex? I love that. I have been getting a lot of joy out of reading lately. Um, It's just a very therapeutic thing for me. And it's a form of self-care, and I just love getting lost in a good book. Mm. Yes, reading is so lovely. Nothing like curling up with a book, especially this time of year. Yes, it's my favorite thing. Now let's dive in. So I've been thinking, we should ditch New Year's resolutions this year. Ditch New Year's resolutions? For so many people, this is the time of year when they're making changes and setting goals. Yeah, but what's so special about setting goals during this time of the year? I mean, what is so special about the calendar going from December back to January? Yeah, this is a good question. I've asked myself this a lot as well. Turns out there's this psychological phenomenon called the fresh start effect. It's basically a psychological reset where people are able to overlook their past routines and failures and start something new at this temporal landmark. So it's like how people would feel more inclined to start a new workout routine on Monday rather than Thursday, even though there's nothing inherently different about the days of the week. People view Monday as the start of the week and Thursday as the middle of the week. And with the new year, we think new year, new me. Don't get me wrong. I think a fresh start is good for everyone. But I also like to think of it instead of as like a news resolution, more of like a time to grow. Um, But I think it's fair to say that this year, more than previous years, has been a real doozy. Yes, this past year has been a real doozy. Nothing like any of us have ever seen before. Yes, 2020 was hard, and I don't think I'm the only one that thinks that. Yes, you can rest assured you are not the only one. It's been a really difficult year for me, too, and I know it has for a lot of other people. Yes, definitely. And I think one of the things that it definitely has brought to the surface is how action-oriented American culture can be around health. Um, I feel as a society, there's like this pressure to jump into this action plan cycle on everyone gets in this go, go, go mode. And I feel like we all need to stop for a minute and just ask ourselves, like, what do we really want? Yeah, I think that that's a great question. This cycle of going into action and doing something without a plan or having an intention or that why behind it 
is sets people up for failure honestly and having that why and the acceptance of who you are in that moment and where you're at can make a huge difference in propelling you towards what you want to achieve i find it true for myself that before i can really take an action step i have to have a mental shift to know why i'm doing that alex you recently wrote a post on our blog healthnut.umt.edu about intentions and goals. Can you talk to us a little bit about what the difference between intentions and a goal is? Yeah, definitely. So a goal is an aspiration that I set for myself that I will fulfill at a later date, whereas an intention is something I can set for myself at this very moment. Um, By setting up those intentions, it can lead you into these small little goals that you set for yourself that will work towards the big overall goal. Um, So for example, um, an intention for me that I have set is wanting to journal more often. So the intention that I set for myself is five days a week that I'll journal and incorporating that into my daily routine, whether that's in the morning or at night, um, whatever kind of works best for me. And then the goal for the future is to be able to be more aware of how I'm feeling in my body and just allowing myself to stay present and in the moment. And I can achieve that goal through journaling. So a goal is something that you work towards and can achieve. And an intention is something that you bring with you that propels you towards that goal. Is that right? Right. Your goals are inspired by your intentions and you carry your intentions with you all the time. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, Yeah. I like to think about intentions kind of like the North Star in the night sky. It's something to head towards. I might never get there, but it's guiding me in the direction that I want to go in. So Sarah, how are your goals and intentions oriented these days? Yeah, this is a great question. So what I've been doing for the past couple years is picking a word as a theme for the year. So for 2021, my theme is exploration. So it's been a pretty fun one for me so far um, to play around with. And it just involves me being really curious about things and not having my judgment around them. So it sounds like a really simple practice, which it is, but I do find it challenging for myself not to judge things at face value and to just remain open to them and see what they're all about. What about you, Alex? I think that's great. I love that. Um, I also chose a theme for the year 2021. My theme or say word is purpose. I'm trying to focus more on finding a purpose in each day, whether it's a really good day or maybe a not so good day. I think being able to find a purpose in each day helps me just appreciate the moments that I have and it helps me grow as a person and brings more joy and self-love to myself and my life. I think it's also really important to be able to find like that self-compassion that you have for yourself that even allows you to give yourself room to grow and So being able to do that, um, I think is really important and it's definitely hard, but I'm working on it. And I think also being able to 
move towards this um, overall goal is helping me be getting it achieved through journaling as well. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Purpose is something that I think is really cool to work with because no matter what you're doing, whether you're, you know, working, serving food to people or you're, you know, why am I thinking of just all these jobs like cleaning or, you know, working on a project, you can find purpose in whatever you are doing. And so looking for that and knowing that it's there is really powerful. So we had Danae Duran, a recent UM graduate and health coach on to talk about making changes. And here is our conversation. All right. Good morning, Danae. Hi, Sarah. I'm so glad you could join us. Thank you. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited. This is the first time I've done anything like this. So yeah, well, we're so lucky to have you. So can you tell us a little bit about um, your health coaching at the University of Montana? Yeah, so I did about two years of the health coaching certificate program at UM. That really consisted of um, just a few additional classes or credits in like behavior change and um, motivational interviewing. And then aside from that, it was primarily um, like seminars weekly and then um, actually coaching student clients. And the student clients can be, I think traditionally we think of traditional students, you know, people our age, people 18 to 25. But really, I saw um, a lot of clients who were also non-traditional students, like grad students, law students, non-traditional students in undergrad. So it was a really interesting audience to work with um, because students are very busy and life is very chaotic. So um, it can be hard to make changes and set goals and stick to things. But yeah, I spent, like I said, about two years um, actually coaching on campus, and it was pretty interesting. The last semester, of course, before graduating, when COVID hit, everything was kind of weird, so it was really hard to see clients at that time. So I guess it was more like a year and a half or three semesters that I was actually coaching. But yeah, it was really cool. It really paved the way um, for me to kind of take things further after graduation and decide what I want to do with my career. It kind of helped me make the decision that I wanted to move towards being a health coach, a professional health coach um, as my career. So I, after graduation, went ahead and became a certified health coach by the American Council on Exercise. And then I also received my certified health education specialist credential. So that was really exciting. So yeah, it's been uh, a really interesting experience. I like to say that my college experience wasn't just for my degree, but it was also, you know, all of it. You try to make, take advantage of everything you can while you're in school because there are so many good opportunities that will present themselves. And I feel like this health coaching opportunity was one of them. And, you know, the director of the program, she was amazing and knows so much about coaching and is very professional and very skilled in coaching. So it was really cool to be able to learn from her and get those experiences. Yeah, and health coaching is something that I think a lot of people don't know very much about. And I think the setting goals and intentions is something that we're really talking a lot about right now. So how do you approach setting goals and intentions? Yeah, yeah, you know, health coaching is tough because like you said, it's it's pretty new, pretty unfamiliar. The industry itself is very unregulated still, but completely oversaturated. So there are a lot of people claiming that they are health coaches, uh, but 
are not really or to, you know anyone can hang their sign up on the door and says they're say they're a health coach so that's been really challenging for me because obviously with my education experience I know what it means to be a health coach and how to set goals and intentions in a meaningful way that will help you actually achieve them so you know a lot of what we learn as health coaches and what we are taught as health coaches is you know I would say the first thing is setting small achievable steps small achievable action steps so and this is something that works really well for me as well this is my personal opinion also not just my professional (laughs) outlook but um setting small achievable action steps is the biggest step like the the biggest thing you can do for yourself because you know for example if I want to start reading more I wouldn't just say, okay, I'm going to try and finish one book in the next two weeks. That's kind of a hefty goal. Like it might not sound like a hefty goal to some people, but in a lot of ways that is, you know, because when you think about it, when you start a new book, it's not, you don't get into it right away. You know, it could take like 10 or 15 chapters before you're finally immersed enough to commit fully and finish the book. So it's similar in this way with other goals as well. You know, if you want to cook more at home or you want to eat healthier, you want to exercise more, etc., you want to start start by setting small actionable steps. So for example, that would be reading one chapter a day. And not even just, you know, you want to make it specific, and that's another thing we talk about a lot too as coaches is smart goals. So smart as an acronym stands for specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and time bound. So you want your goal to have all of those components. So if your overall long-term goal is to read 10 books in 2021, you want to be able to break that down into those smaller, smaller, smaller steps. They need to be things as small as like action steps, small enough that you can do today. Like there is no excuse to wait until tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day. This is why goals and intentions are so often, especially when the new year comes around and people set new year's intentions and new year's goals, et cetera. This is why people fall off the wagon so quickly is because the goal is something that they'll start next week, something that they'll start next month. And that's not how behavior change works. Behavior change works by starting right now, today, like in the next minute. So what we really try to do is get people to think about one of the first questions we like to ask in a session is what's something that you can do in the next few days? Like in the coming days, what is something you one small thing you can do to make one step towards this greater overall goal? So if it's the goal of reading 10 books this year, what's the step that I could make in the next two or three days to make that happen? And for me, that would be reading a chapter today and reading a chapter tomorrow, and reading a chapter the next day. So yeah, another thing that works really well for me to keep track of that then, this would be like the measurable part of the SMART goal, is checking it off. And this is a like biological, behavioral habit change, science of behavior change kind of thing, but it's very gratifying for people to be able to check off a box or you know, there are a lot of apps on your phone you can use where you can just tap the bubble and say that you completed it for the day. It's the same thing as if you were to write a checklist and you can check off the box or cross out the task on your list. So I never really believed that very much um, when I was in school and when I was learning it. But 
now I find when I actually am trying to set goals or, you know, get my to-dos done, it is really satisfying to be able to check the box. So, you know, personally, I'll put in my journal, read one chapter per day, and then I'll write out, you know, seven little check boxes, and I can check mark every day that I did that. And the goal is not to you know, we don't want to be too over ambitious. We want to start with a goal that is achievable. That's the next part of the SMART goal. And realistic, achievable and realistic. So is it really realistic to say that you can read one chapter every single day when you haven't been reading at all? It's not very realistic and it's not very achievable because that's jumping in very, very quickly. For some people it is, you know, and I'm not, this is kind of an overgeneralization, but For some people, it's not realistic, and for some people, it's not achievable. So coaching is very, very self-directed, and I think this is something that a lot of famous and popular and influential health coaches get wrong is they like to lead and direct their sessions a little bit too much. So, you know, it's not my job to tell the client what their goal should be. It's the client's job to say, show up to their session and say, hey, Uh, You know, something I think I can do this week is read two chapters. And for me, I would say, okay, on a scale of one to 10, how confident are you in being able to achieve that goal? And if they tell me an eight, great, that's awesome. That's, you know, we want them in that eight to 10 range because anything less than that is going to put you, and this is for personally as well, you know, like these are tips and advice you can use in your personal life. You don't need to see a coach to do these things. You can assess yourself and say, okay, today, how confident are you you can actually read five chapters this week? And if I tell myself, honestly, like a five, that's I'm not going to be successful then. And then once I'm not successful, I'm going to feel kind of defeated and I'm not going to want to continue pursuing my goal. So, you know, I would say, okay, then what could get you closer to an eight? What could get you closer to a six or a seven? And if I said, well, you know, I really think I could, I can absolutely do two. I can 100% do two chapters this week. I'm nine out of 10 confident I can do that. That's the, that's the goal we want to start with then. We want to start with two chapters. And if I happen to do three or four or five, good for me. I'm a complete overachiever that week, and that's great. But I know I can at least do two. That's my minimum goal. So that's something small. It's actionable. It's achievable. And I can measure it by checking off the box. Um, because the goal is not to be perfect every single day from the beginning. The goal is to start setting small habits for yourself. And habits are the way that we make greater overall behavior change. Because when something becomes a habit, you know, it's kind of just second nature. You just, that's your routine now. You just read a chapter from your book before bed every night. And now it's a habit. It's not really a goal or a behavior change. It's just you're in the maintenance stage. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And what you said too about behavior change being a change that you can do, um, you know, while powering can be really, or planning can be really empowering, um, actually having a change or a step that you can take today or in the next few days, whether that's just aligning your intentions with what you want to do or taking a more actionable step towards that is really gets you closer to your end game. Yeah, you know, that's another really important part too is being able to schedule it or plan it in to your day. So like if tonight I say, 
there are four things I absolutely know I need to get done tomorrow, you know, you write it in, make a schedule out of it. Like that's the best way that you can actually stick to things is by telling yourself, this is when I am doing each of these things tomorrow. And, you know, that's another way you can, that's just one more actionable step you can take to achieve the goal. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So what tips do you have for increasing motivation um, and sticking to that new behavior change and making that an important change for you? Yeah, um, I think that a lot of people have been hearing this recently, and that is that motivation is not, you cannot depend on motivation, it is not reliable, you can sit around and wait for it to come and you'll be sitting for the rest of your life because Motivation doesn't just come along and it's never going to. What you need instead is discipline. Discipline is what is going to not only foster that motivation, but also help you actually achieve the goal. Because I think that's a huge problem. You know, we talk about, oh, just when I get the motivation, like I can't seem to find the motivation today. It's not about needing to find the motivation today. It's about needing to get your ass in gear and just be disciplinary with yourself. Because if you cannot have that disciplinary relationship with yourself, uh, yeah, the goal might, may not be achieved. It's just a simple fact. So, you know, tips that you can, I can give about how to be more disciplined with yourself and more disi- have that disciplinary relationship with yourself is just you need to be able to remind yourself daily of what your goals are. So when I say that, I mean, what is the reason for achieving this goal overall? Like, why would I want to read 10 more books this year? What is my my root cause for doing that because if you can't identify your true reasoning in your heart and your soul why you're trying to do that goal it's not going to be meaningful to you like it's kind of similar to I just want to exercise to lose weight you know there's a lot more to exercising than just losing weight how is it going to make you feel about yourself and how is it going to make you feel physically every day are you going to feel better just Mentally, emotionally, emotionally, cognitively, you're not going to have any more brain fog. You're going to have a lot more energy. You'll sleep better at night. You know, you need to find these underlying reasons because those are the things that are going to help you continue to push forward and be disciplinary with yourself in the moments that you're like, I don't want to do anything right now. I just want to sit and watch Netflix. When you have the discipline, that's when you can get up and do the workout. So you know, remind yourself daily of what your underlying reasons are and display it too. I don't know about you, but I'm a very visual person. So, and this is different for everyone, obviously. So this can, this will look a little bit different, but for me, it would be like posting affirmations, um, on my mirror in my bathroom, on my refrigerator, Maybe on your phone, like on your home screen, on your lock screen, you know, you can have a little like digital vision board essentially. And that's another thing you can do too is a vision board. Create something that you can display that you will be able to see every single day, no matter where you are. You want to be able to continue exposing yourself to your goals and your overall reasons for trying to achieve them because it's a reminder. And that's what you need every day is a reminder for why you're trying to achieve this goal and how it plays into the bigger picture. So that's one thing. Um, Another thing I would say is journaling is really powerful in a lot of ways for a lot of people. And there are a lot of different kinds of journaling that you can do too. Something that has become very popular recently is manifestation journaling. And I have never made a practice out of manifestation journaling before, but I'm kind of trying to get into it right now just because 
we know, you know, there is science to show that when you envision yourself being successful or even when you envision yourself unhappy and unwell and sad, you know, you kind of manifest those that energy into your life. I know this sounds incredibly like <laughs> off the wall and very crazy, but um, I mean, this is just my belief. Not everyone is going to believe the same thing. But I think one thing that a, a lot of successful entrepreneurs and some of our you know greatest, most successful people in society today have done it throughout their career is envision themselves at that next level. They're like, not only am I going to achieve my goals today, but this is what it's going to look like in five years. Like, this is why I'm doing this today, because in five years, I'm going to have financial freedom. I'm going to be debt free. I'm going to help my the population that I serve is going to be, you know, 30 percent healthier than they were before. Um, envisioning those things in the future, I think it can be very, very powerful in helping you achieve your goals on the day to day basis. And aside from manifestation journaling, too, you know, you can just journal regularly or I don't know what you call normal journaling, but just journaling and writing out like today I'm grateful for and this is what I achieved. I'm proud of myself and this is what I'm going to I'm going to try to be better tomorrow by doing X, Y and Z. And this is what I can improve on. So I think journaling can be really powerful. And then I would say, you know, my last and most powerful tip piece of advice for kind of manifesting that discipline would be to uh, show up for yourself every day because I think we all prioritize work school family and friends all that type of stuff and there is no reason to say that any of those things are more important than you showing up for yourself you showing up for yourself is equally as important if not more than showing up for work, school, family, and friends. Because if you can't show up for yourself every day and make the commitment to yourself to be better, how can you be better for your family and friends? How are you going to achieve more and be more successful at work and in school? You're not gonna be able to. It's just a simple fact because you're not showing up for yourself and you haven't you know, dug within yourself and found a way to commit to yourself every single day. And it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be really hard a lot of days But if the one thing that you can fall back on every day is that you are showing up for yourself and you are committed to yourself, I think everything kind of falls into place after that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that is so key to finding the why of what is propelling you forward. Why do you want to do this? Because that at the end of the day is what actually matters, the purpose behind it and how that's improving your quality of life. And then being able to process that through journaling, but also just being present with what is happening because you are everywhere you go. Right. I think it's really hard in today's society to really be able to dig within yourself and find, you know, that overall purpose and meaning. And, you know, if you're kind of setting surface level goals, they're not going to be meaningful. You're not going to feel successful. You're not going to feel like you've achieved anything because you don't have that greater overall meaning. So, and that's another thing that journaling can help with too. It can help you find, you know, your greater motivation for these things. Yeah. And really flesh out the details. I know it can just be hard to find time to listen to yourself and journaling is an opportunity to do that in whatever form. Um, And I appreciate you mentioning that there's a lot of different forms of journaling because just like thoughts to paper doesn't always work for me. But this can even be pictures or, you know, making collages, just 
expressing yourself and really listening to yourself and the thoughts that you have behind these topics that are there. Yeah, I mean, something that I have really loved about journaling is being able, at nighttime, being able, like, the thoughts to paper thing works for me only when I've had, like, a stressful day, and I need to just, like, get it out on paper. That can help my mind rest to go to sleep, but I'm a very visual person, like I said earlier, and it's funny, I was just thinking this morning, I've almost been out of school for a year now. Like, in a few months, it's going to have been a year since graduation, which is incredibly weird to me. I don't know where the time has gone, but I was just thinking this morning about how I would study for exams and stuff like that. I would memorize, like not really memorize, but as I'm sitting in the exam, I visualize what I was studying. Like it's not like the terms come to me. It's like I visualize what I wrote on the paper, what my handwriting looked like, what color pen I used, what my indentation was like. (laughs) Like being able to visualize those things while I'm sitting taking the exam is what helps me remember the information. And so, I mean, this isn't really a form of journaling, but for, you know, all the creatives out there, being able to channel your creative side and kind of discover your meaning and purpose through like other arts, like painting or drawing and that type of thing like you just said you know doodling and drawing too is still a form of journaling in a way yeah yeah and the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about is so to be able to do these things you have to be resourced in other areas of your life like obviously you need to have your basic needs met um in order to be able to like even think beyond that right so there's something that is a phenomenon that is happening where people just move into action and assume that, you know, I want to feel more fit. So I'm going to start exercising five times a week. Um, And, you know, that's not a good goal based on what we talked about with smart goals. Um, But how does that kind of set us up to be stuck in a cycle of struggle? Yeah, you know, I will say the cliche thing that everyone has been saying for a few years now, and that is that all we witness through like social media is people's highlight reels. And so I think that aligns very strongly with what you're saying, this move to action culture, because, you know, I look at these people on social media that appear to be achieving all their goals without hesitation and with ease. And I'm like, oh, damn, she really did just work out five days a week. She really did just work out for 20 hours this week. Wow, (laughs) how did she do that? But it's like, realistically, is that really what happened? And how long did it take for her to get there? And it's just, I think what you mentioned there is in order to be able to make these changes, we need to have our basic needs met. And I don't think this is something that a lot of people really think about or understand because once again, we all we really see is highlight reels. And unless you've, you know, spent time, I don't want to just say studying because this isn't just something that you learn in school. Like I don't want to make this like it's a university only thing, but unless you've spent time experiencing, witnessing, and, you know, having close relations with those who do not have their basic needs met, like we are then, it's clear that we are prioritizing things that honestly is kind of a privilege like we are kind of privileged to be able to prioritize working out five days a week and that's not to say that you know anyone else's goals are not relevant I'm not trying to downplay or invalidate that at all but it is very 
it's challenging to sift through the saturation. And I think that now more than ever, our lives have moved. I mean, not I think. It is clear that our lives have moved online now more than ever. And it can be really, really challenging now, especially to set those goals and intentions and stick to them in a way that is meaningful and realistic instead of just following yeah, this culture of quickly move to action and just get it done immediately and achieve the results immediately too. I know that something people were saying a few years ago about our generation is that we're the instant gratification gen- generation. And I I would say that's true to an extent, but I believe that less now as I've gotten older, just because I don't believe it's about instant gratification. I believe it's more about wanting to find meaning and purpose and feeling like you fit into this world. And that can't happen when we are only witnessing highlight reels and everyone else being successful. I would say that of all the social media, Twitter is probably my favorite because Twitter is where everyone keeps it pretty real (laughs) and discusses their (laughs) real emotions and, you know, the real stuff that you don't get to see really. And I actually, I will say too, I don't want to discredit people on, I know a lot of people on Instagram, entrepreneurs, women and men who have built businesses for themselves, who are starting to share more and more about their lives and their meaning behind it and their truths. And I think that's so, so important because not only, you know, as a a business person, does that help you connect more with your audience, but it also helps kind of weed out all of this um, unrealistic expectations and ideals that we all think we need to be able to achieve based on what we see every single day. It's, it's very weird, but <laughs> we're in a weird time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, where did we ever get the idea that it is unacceptable to fail? I don't know where that came from. But yeah, no, we need to fail every day in order to learn. <laughs> yeah, and it kind of normalizes failing too. Failing is part of life and we can come back from that. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you say that, being gentle with yourself, because it's like, some days, the best thing I can do for myself is go for a 10-minute walk. Some days, I am so in the gutter that I'm like, wow, I truly did nothing at all today, but at least I got myself on a walk, and that was all I could do for myself today, and it is what it is. That's what you do. You're like, did I feed myself? Did I shelter myself? Did I, do I feel you know, maybe you don't feel, maybe you don't feel emotionally stable and well, but you know, if you're, you can meet your basic needs and then, like you said, go from there. I think that that's, you know, all you can really hope for that alone. I think we need to normalize too. And I think this is starting to become more popular, but we need to be able to normalize being gentle with yourself. And it's the little things that matter, you know, like brushing your hair and washing your face and brushing your teeth. Like, If you have the privilege to do those things for yourself every single day, that alone should be satisfying and that alone should be taken as a a feat. Like you should feel successful and like you've achieved something from being able to do those things for yourself every day. Yeah, check that off the list. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it is just like, do I have my basic needs met? Am I fed? Am I watered? Do I have sleep? Do I have a place to live? Are those basic things covered? And then, you know, just taking it from there and um, being gentle with yourself with that, too. 
yeah, it can lead you in su- into such a toxic mindset, you know? It's, I've even find myself like, wow, why didn't I do any of those things today? Like, at least they've been working for 10, 12 for 13 or 14 hours today. That's amazing that they've been doing that. What have I done today? I haven't done one single hour of work. <laughs> but instead, I'm like, no, what I have done is brush my hair, brush my teeth, went for a walk, cooked lunch. You know, it really is the little things. And I think we do need to try a lot harder to stop comparing ourselves. It's easier said than done, too. Yeah. And, you know, just to come back to the social media thing, too, there's this uh, Theodore Roosevelt quote that's uh, comparison is the thief of joy. And I just love that because I feel like it really points at how much things suck when you compare your lives to other people and um you know, this conversation has been going on for a while about social media and, you know, its effects and ongoing. Yeah, yeah. Being able to be mindful and honest with yourself, you know, that's kind of goes along with the discipline thing I was talking about earlier is being able to be honest with yourself about what have you done for yourself today? If I've done nothing for myself today, I need to get serious with myself and change that because we are the only ones who can change that for ourselves. Yeah. Totally. Well, thank you. Is there anything else that you want to talk about, Danae, that we didn't talk about? Um, I don't think so. I think just be honest with yourself and be gentle with yourself. Those are my final words. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time with us and your insight. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sarah. I appreciate it. It just really strikes me that having intentions first and then reasonable goals is an effective way to form a healthy habit that will stick, unlike setting a New Year's resolution that is unrealistic and then not having it stick. I agree. I felt Danae touched on a lot of great things. Um, I love how she talked about prioritizing, showing up for yourself, and doing what is best for you and your life. Um, I find that For me personally, it has been really helpful finding those little things in each day that I can be grateful for and um, help me appreciate each day more. Um, And it's like a blessing in disguise. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just those little things that really count and they add up to big things. I think it's a really powerful notion that at the end of the day, knowing that I showed up for myself, And that when I show up for myself fully each day, it is really fulfilling. And also that I'm worth showing up for. That feels really big. Definitely. And I can't express how important it is to be gentle with yourself and have that compassion for yourself to continue to work on what is best for you and your mental health and overall health and well-being and I mean, change is hard and it takes time, but at the end of the day, like, it's all about working towards what's going to benefit you most in your life. Yeah, totally. One of my friends has this mantra that transitions take time, and I just really appreciate that. And I think you're so right that instead of being so hard on ourselves and critiquing everything about us, just accepting where we are right now and that this is like a good place to be and realizing all the things that we have achieved 
And then also setting reasonable goals and making room for us to grow, but not at a rate that is unreasonable. Exactly, because we're not perfect and we can't do everything that society might want us to. We kind of have to focus on what's going to help us best and even if it's just those small little goals that we want to work towards, I think that's just really important, especially with what's going on in our society right now and in the world. Um, So I think that's really beneficial. Yeah, and you saying we're not perfect, I, I love reminding myself that perfection is an illusion. It's not something that's real or an achievable point. And just um, realizing that maybe for me, perfection might just be accepting myself in this moment and things as they are. They're just perfect. They're exactly the way they're supposed to be. So I love that. Yeah, I think that's great. So after hearing from someone who specializes in behavior change, we want to know. How do you practice self-compassion? Oh my gosh, that's like my favorite thing to deal with. Um, My biggest thing that I do is treat myself like a little kid um, because I work with little kids. And so part of it is just like, okay, well, I have a headache. I need to figure out the simplest way to make myself feel better like I would do it for anyone else. Um, And just being forgiving with myself, you know, like, if a little kid breaks something, you're not going to start yelling. Um, so I wouldn't do that for myself either. You know, and just thinking it through very simply like that, that's my favorite thing to do when I'm struggling. I, uh, I'm admittedly not great at self-compassion. Um, that is one that I'm working hard towards. Uh, thankfully, I've got a pretty good network of people who, are, who do a pretty consistent job of reflecting back the work that I'm doing, uh, how I am as a person and as a friend. And, you know, it, it is nice to have the support of those people, um, to remind me that, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing good stuff for, uh, for the people that I love and care about. Uh, and yeah, so it's, uh, self-compassion has really been coming from a place of gratitude for others for instilling that practice in me. I've really just been like giving myself that, like, room to say it's okay that you're not the most productive that you're maybe not on top of all of your work and just saying that like it's okay currently because like things are difficult as it is and so just giving myself that slack to you know like really just be like it's okay you know you can do what you need to do I think I practice self-compassion with I guess like self-care and reminding myself that I don't need to be perfect and check everything off the list every day Things that um, are important to my mental and physical health are just as important as checking off assignments and projects. So being graceful with myself at the end of the day, even if I don't get everything done, is really important to me and keeps my motivation and confidence at a good level. I practice self-compassion by reminding myself of the things that are important to me and speaking kind words to myself. as regularly as I remember to. I practice self-compassion by giving myself time to just do anything I want to do. If that means I spend a weekend that doesn't involve any sort of schoolwork or any work or tasks, then that's great. That's giving myself the chance to be compassionate towards myself, which in turn helps me um, be more productive in the end and happier and just loving everything. What area of growth in your life do you want to lean into? Work on opening myself up. 
um, when it comes to talking about difficult things. Um, that's something I'm really trying to focus on. An area of growth that I am wanting to lean into right now is one that uh, I've been professionally prodded towards from multiple directions, uh, both in my day job and uh, at a nonprofit board that I serve on. I, it has been strongly suggested that I need to invest in some self-care, um, primarily by way of getting a, getting a real sleep schedule in order. Um, definitely um, insomnia has been an issue throughout my whole life, and it's uh, one that I, I do seek treatment for, um, but a certain amount of that could be adjusted for uh, by lifestyle. And so, yeah, that's, that's, that's an area of my life that I'm looking to, to grow into and into a consistent self-care practice. Yeah, for sure. I'd also say school is definitely a big part just in trying to find that balance in terms of like making sure that I'm not overdoing it and like folk, like keeping um, track of where my mental health is, but also like getting things done, you know, and trying not to be distracted. Um, I think my organization with planning my schedule, I'd love to lean into that more and figure out how I can better manage my time during the day because I so easily get distracted with exciting or fun things I see on campus or at home. So I'd really like to focus in on how I can be more focused on what I need to get done first. I think right now I'm trying to grow by letting things go a little bit and stopping holding on to control and kind of trusting that my life and intuition will go in correct ways without fighting so hard for it. An area of growth for me that I want to lean more into is actually self-compassion. Um, I feel like that's an area where a lot of people struggle with and I definitely do too and I've noticed since COVID has started, I've been pretty hard on myself for days that I don't do anything or don't get everything I want to to get done, done. Um, and so an area of growth for me is just more self-compassion and just continually working on that. What are you proud of right now within your routine? Really proud of the way that I like sit down and plan every morning. Like I write out my to-do list and I go through my calendar um, and that makes sure that I have time to eat during the day um, and make sure that I have time to sit with my friends, um, you know, just so that I don't go crazy and can't figure out why I'm not feeling well. Um, I'm really proud of the way that structuring my life has helped me feel better. I've been doing a great job with my, with my morning uh, flexibility stretching. Um, yeah, I, you know, picked up the skills uh, back in theater school way back in the day um, and I've been doing a I've been doing a good job with uh, keeping consistent with that which is good for the blood flow and for mobility um, yeah and it's uh, helped me feel a little bit better every morning yeah so I've been um, with my roommates like taking walks and working out and I'm really proud of that just because it's been pretty consistent since I got since I got onto campus and I think that getting outdoors has been really beneficial just for like overall wellness currently I'd say when I do get into focus and getting work done I'm really proud of how efficient I become I'm working a job on campus for the first time along with school and I'm really proud of my work with my job I do marketing and outreach for the Wilderness Institute so 
going into classrooms and presenting about the wilderness and civilization program and working with my boss has been probably my favorite part of this semester. I'm really proud of the work I've done. Um, in my routine right now, I like that I've been making space to stretch and have clear head spaces going into more of my days than I used to. Uh, for me, an area um, that I'm proud of for my daily routine is I actually meditate every morning for about 15 minutes. Um, it's really helped me start off my day just on a really positive note. Um, so no matter what, I can always look back in the mornings and know that I've just had a nice, peaceful start to the day without any stressors in this stressful world of COVID. Thanks for sticking with us today, folks. You can find Health Buzz wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at Curry Health Center on all social media platforms. And special thanks to our podcast team, to Tori Tippett for being our editor and podcast coordinator, Alex Donaldson, Rachel Gordon, and I'm Sarah Odenthal. Till next time.